the live Saturday edition of the program. You can dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there completely free. So head over there, enjoy those on us. Main feature allows you to control the content of the site. You submit different things that you find online that you think are interesting, that you think our other listeners might enjoy, and then you'll find out because other listeners will then vote as to whether they like or dislike your suggestion. The most liked make it to the front page and the top of the website. See for yourself and get interactive over at freetalklive.com. Uh, joining you tonight here in the studio, it is Ian. And Meg. And Mark. All right. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. And we- we're live tonight on Saturday night. I did mention that earlier. Yeah, I just the want live to make sure that people understand. We, who, who would imagine for a second that a radio talk radio show is actually live at seven o'clock on a uh, Eastern on a, uh, a Saturday night? Most, if well, if you if you're familiar with talk radio, probably you wouldn't imagine that. So yeah, it's pretty unusual and. That's why we're glad to be here to bring you something live to listen to and interact with. So dial in 800-259-9231. Some good news uh, actually coming out of Washington, D.C. It's pretty rare that we get to report on good news and even more rare that it's coming out of Washington, D.C. So we'll uh, explain that coming up here in a little bit. And we've been talking about this dog tax thing for days but never actually gotten to it, Mark. So if we get a chance, we'll do that too. I promise you, eventually we will talk about the dog tax. Because I think it's absolutely outrageous. But first, we go to your phone calls. You can take control of the airwaves. And we'll talk first to Michael, listening in Orlando. Michael, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Meg, and Mark. Hi, how are y'all tonight? Michael, doing great. What's on your mind? Uh, Well, I'm a uh, 57-year-old gay male. And I have been listening to Scott the Bigot for many years on this show. And I've got a question for him. If he can't get a woman, hello, he can't get a man either. If he can't get a woman, he can't get a man. And a man. So what you're referring to for our listeners that have no idea is uh, Scott the Bigot. He is an occasional caller to the show. Maybe he kind of borders on chronic caller, but he seems to take time on and time off. Like when he's on, he'll call every day. And when he's off, it'll be a while before we hear from him again. Uh, but he usually calls with some some manner of hatred uh, for another group of people or another, and uh, it's usually the Jews or blacks or gays or women. Uh, so yeah, he's not real fond of lots of folks. Yeah, he pretty much only likes men who are, I guess, well, white Anglo-Saxon. <laughs> presumably, he likes white Anglo-Saxon Protestant types, Christian uh, people, and and but and presumably he he would like to have a woman, but he realizes that he can't possibly have one because well, he's so fil- full of hate. Yeah. His- uh, His bitterness makes him kind of unattractive. Yeah, and so your point is that he wouldn't have a man attracted to him either. No, but my issue is the killing in Arizona. I think, Scott, if I ever heard somebody going out killing a bunch of people in Boston area, I'd go, Yeah, you'd think it was Scott. Thank you for the call. We've got to let you go. Your phone's kind of sucking right now, but I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231, suggesting that someone like Scott the Bigot, a angry, uh, just somebody who just has real issues with other people being different from him, being the one to uh, perhaps be the next killer, as he 
hails from Massachusetts was his suggestion there. I certainly hope that doesn't happen, um, but the guy is seething with uh, with anger towards folks, and he does believe in some sort of a crazy race war thing. Um, but on the other hand, it's usually the people... It's usually the people that aren't talking about doing something like that that actually go out and do it. And Scott the Bigot, for all of his talk about a race war, seems more to me to be likely someone who's just going to huddle inside his his home, which is fine. Just a guess. Yeah, and I think the whole idea of a race war is absolutely ludicrous. It's really just Scott projecting his hatred outward towards some sort of sick, violent fantasy uh, that uh, you know involves genocide uh, against the people that he doesn't like. And in reality, with the rest of us in the real world, I think that we all understand uh, we're human beings and maybe we've got some different hair color or different skin color, uh, but we all work the same way in general and we all have the same feelings and uh, mostly the same wants and desires. And I don't see racism, even though it's still out there in the world, there's no doubt about it, racism still exists. I don't see it being a large enough problem in any way to feed into some sort of a ludicrous race war. Somehow, um, here in the United States, we elected a black president. And it seems to me if race was a huge... Well, I didn't vote for, for any of those guys. I but. didn't either. But um, <laughs> if these uh, if if uh, this was a huge issue, you probably wouldn't see a black president, right? Yeah. And, I mean, I worked in the entertainment industry for a long time before mm. I came out here. And I think that uh, gender issues are much bigger nowadays than race issues. Really? Yeah, just within that industry. I mean, if you're a girl and you're either not completely evil and using everybody or sleeping with everybody, it's very hard to get forward. And men, all shapes, color, sizes, doesn't matter. But even even though you may acknowledge that there are issues between genders in certain Mm -hmm. industries, it certainly wouldn't mean that you'd believe there'd be like a gender war. Oh, God. (laughs) I mean, that's how ludicrous (laughs) it is. The the idea that there would be a race war is as ludicrous as the idea that all of a sudden men and women are going to arm up and start fighting each other. Uh, There's been a gender war already and we lost just so you know buddy oh, we yeah. the men you yeah mean? i'm afraid so you have to i mean if there was a world without women it wouldn't be a world very long no, no. <laughs> gotta love the girls 800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line let's talk to tom listening in new jersey tom you're on free talk live what's on your mind tonight actually i'm in new hampshire uh one thing i want to point out that uh last year there were uh five members of congress named davis and two of them did not get reelected to the House of Representatives. So somebody in the U.S. Capitol, some bureaucrat, had the job of taking down their websites a few days ago when their terms expired. Mm-hmm. And the uh, funny thing is, they took down the website of Congressman Danny K. Davis. And uh, that website doesn't come up now. And the funny thing is that he got reelected. <laughs> so you're and, saying the congressional aides blew it and they took down the wrong uh, congressman's website. Yeah, somebody in the U.S. Capitol. Now, the thing, well, it's uh, the government, the point, you know. I mean, that's what they do. They screw things up. And another point I want to make, uh, when uh, we've heard about how rhetoric supposedly incites violence, okay, one thing that we've got to do, make sure is that we don't let any rhetoric from members of Congress incite violence when they talk about we the people or the will of the people or it's what my constituents support. We don't want some victim of the government's unprovoked violence to come into one of those public meetings there and just start uh, 
punishing us for having elected that creep because we didn't do it. You know, each person is a separate individual and a separate transaction. That's like I said earlier. I did not elect Barack Obama, and I wouldn't. I did not vote for uh, John McCain. So it's you know, it's not my so, responsibility. So, the, so when when the, somebody is the victim, let's say somebody gets busted by the border patrol for bringing drugs into the country, and they got a you know the border patrol goons will say, hey, we didn't write the laws. Take that up with your congressman. Don't let the congressman uh, dish it back to, out to the constituents and uh, you know direct the anger and the violence toward innocent people but they can maybe direct it back to the border patrol agents which they won't or or take the blame themselves uh, they're totally wasting their time trying to blame the importers because the importers, of course, know that they have every right to bring drugs into the country. Yeah, it's, a, it's a heroic act. I thank you for the call tonight, uh, Tom. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Uh, you can, of course, take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. Uh, I'm not sure that I'm uh, going to call that a heroic act, man. Uh, that's ridiculous. To bring a product or service into an area in which it I is prohibited? Think, I, that's, some pretty, that's a pretty brave thing to do, don't you think? Uh, unfortunately, though, the drug war, because of what it is, it's only recruited like the worst of the worst to take on those jobs because you know they have to have that criminal mindset to begin with. They have to be willing to accept those sort of criminal behaviors. And so I think more shady people have sort of geared towards that job as opposed to the heroic types. Well, that's true. <laughs> it, it, it is true that because it's a criminal act that it does attract the uh, the, the least desirable folks. But that's I'm not, not to say that all, all of people, them are. Right. That's yeah. not to say that all people in the drug trade are a bunch of criminals. Many of them are very nice folks yeah. who have families and they're just trying to you know earn a living, really. A lot of them. Most of the ones I've met, as a matter of fact, are that way. Uh, they're just trying to earn a can, living. You and I can agree that the only people People that are enriched off of the uh, off of the drug trade are criminals, politicians, and police. The police, yeah. Toll free number eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But I think there's some some level of heroism into bringing a product or service into an area that has been in which it has been prohibited. That's a, something that requires some courage. Dumped on poisoned product in half the t- in, in many instances. Well, it all depends. Mm-hmm. There's a variety of quality levels out there. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's certainly not heroic to engage in fraud. No doubt about that. More on the way. You take control and bring up anything. It's free talk live. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November 2011. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're as low as $535, double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. Dial in toll free at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line 1 800 259 9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features there and they are all free. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo uh, or video. That means they're proving in the picture or video that they listen to the show. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see it for yourself. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. So how does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? 
this cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where it's what you want to make of it. We're going to have speeches and some and a debate, at least one. Uh, but the boat has an ice skating rink, a rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and a lot more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November, but you need to reserve your berth now. There's a deadline of March the 1st, and uh, the rates are as low as $535, double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today, cruise.freetalklive.com. All right, the toll-free number again, 800-259-9231 to your calls about whatever you want. Joe's in Tampa listening to WFLA. Hello, Joe. Hey, how you guys doing? Thanks for taking my call. What's up, Joe? Go ahead. Uh, I got two points about what you guys were just talking about. The first is uh, I got to tell you, I didn't vote either, but I don't say that it's not my responsibility for what's going on right now. I mean, I don't think you can say that either because – um, it is your responsibility. It's mine, too. We need to get out and wake up. And, I mean, you guys talk about the drugs and who makes money from it. It's the politicians. And, I mean, you guys have a great platform. You're standing up and, and you're saying, you know, the things that people need to hear. And But my question is, when, what has to happen before we stop being herded and and scared by the media and you know code red we're in code orange love threat level i mean all this stuff is geared to keep us you know consuming and and not going out when are we going to wake up and see that you know well, hold that th- hold that thought for just right. one moment. To- I want to talk about the responsibility to vote yeah. first, um, and my response, my and and therefore whatever responsibility I have for the results. First off, um, if I were to have voted in the uh, used my vote in the the national election and uh, voted for you know choice uh, crap sandwich A or crap sandwich B, right? Um, you know, two guys that essentially wanted the same stuff, as far as I'm concerned. Um, how would I be then less responsible if I had voted for the other guy? Would I then not be? Would I then be responsible for what happened? Um, you know. So how did I get responsible for you know the results? And first, and then secondly, how is the responsibility placed upon me to have to vote in the first place? I mean, where where does that responsibility come from? What did what did I sign? What did I get in exchange? What uh, you know? How where is the transaction? Uh, and on the same token, I mean, I, I understand the whole wanting to speak out and, you know, having a responsibility to speak out. It just seems a bit excessive to say to me, because while I like speaking out against these things, I like showing attention, you know, on these issues. It's not a responsibility. It's just something that I feel needs to be done. So I'm doing it, you know. It, but if somebody wants to go live in the woods and never speak up about it, that's totally their prerogative. Sure. Joe, your thoughts? No, no, I was giving you guys props, man. I yeah, think I that, uh, you know, that not enough people do it. And, and I just think, you know, our responsibility comes from being Americans, you know. And um, I, I, just, I just think that, you know, we're being tricked and duped every day. And how many times do we have to be shown that... Uh, I don't think it's from being American, though. I think it's just from being human. Human, We see, uh, you know, atrocities done to other human beings, and so we feel the need to speak up. It's not a responsibility. It's it's just human compassion. You guys have woken up. Now, what is it? I mean, how far? That's my question. How far do things have to go before everyone else wakes up? It's a good question, and maybe everyone else can call and answer that. I don't know, right? I mean, everybody else is going to have a different 
point at which they've had enough. Everyone else is going to have something but, happen. And don't, they don't even know what enough of, a, of what it is is. I mean, there's a good percentage of Americans that want the government to take care of health care. Those people clearly aren't to the point that they've had enough of whatever it is that I've had enough of, you know? Well, there's also right. a good percentage of Americans that are in the government, and so they obviously aren't, you know, <laughs> done with it because that's how they get their money. Well, there's a lot of people that work for the government, whether on a state, local, or federal level, that have had enough with the, uh, the inefficiencies. They see on a day I have, basis. I have a question for you guys. I'm sorry to interrupt, sure, but I have ahead. a question. Do you think that uh, our political system is similar to a class system? Do you think that the average person could get elected? It's depends. Um, it, it depends. In New Hampshire, uh, where we all live, we moved here for the Free State Project several years ago. Uh, in New Hampshire, it is absolutely possible for an average person to be elected to New Hampshire state-level uh, offices. In fact, there are over 400 so-called representatives here in New Hampshire, and that means divided over a state of uh, one, approximately 1. 1.4 million people. It really ends up being several hundred people, maybe to a few thousand people in, in every district. So it is entirely possible for average people to be elected at that level. At the federal level, I don't really think so. Right. You pretty much have to be a lawyer to get elected to uh, you know some kind of major office. Very wealthy. Being yeah, wealthy helps. It, it's, right. Wealthy helps, but I mean, take a look at them all. It is a it's a country that is ruled by lawyers and i don't think that that was intended to have been that way well celebrities are starting to yeah. get popular within that world too yeah. it's true ron reagan was, uh, was an I'm actor afraid of. I'm, I'm afraid of you know these town hall meetings with uh, with people are great and and uh you know them getting with the constituents and actually seeing it you know it'd be great if they did it but now with what's happened i think that they're gonna stop going out and and being with you know the people that they represent, and I, I don't know. I they just, very like, rarely are, federal, anyway. On, I mean, on the federal level, I think that things. I think it's, they, they don't know what it's like to be a working citizen because of it. And that's not their fault. I see, no, I see where you're. Wrong. I see where you're coming from. What you what you're saying is that uh, after the events of last week, where the crazy madman shot up a, a whole bunch of people, including a congresswoman, uh, that that's going to result in more security being placed around these people and making them that much more insulated uh, from their so-called constituents. And I can see where you're coming from. And I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. And but it's not like they're really that in touch with their constituents anyway. Right. They're these, not, they're already they were already insulated from their constituents from an emotional level. These people pretty much have to be these these like uh, you know narcissistic sociopaths in right. order that are completely devoid of or no, largely devoid of feelings towards their constituents. Well, these, and they all have staffs. They uh, staffs full of aides that take phone calls for them and read mail for them and essentially keep the keep a wall between them and their constituents. And the only time they usually come out to uh, to you know, shake hands and things like that is when they're running for political office. And in this case, I don't know what this woman's plans were that was shot last week, uh, but she was out at some sort of a political event. It wasn't like she was just meeting up with uh, an average group of folks. She was at, yeah, as sure. I understood it, she was at some sort of a political get together in this parking lot. I don't know what they were doing. Uh, well, but they, when a politician goes out, you know they're campaigning. Right. I there's mean, a reason for they're, it. They're yeah. not. Uh, they're not out there trying to get a feel for no. their district. They don't care what you yeah. think. Because, I mean, when we saw all those town hall meetings last year where people were standing up and, like, speaking out against things and whatnot, it was always the security would instantly look at the congressman or congresswoman, they would give the nod, and then they'd be hauled out so that they don't have to hear the people who don't like what they're doing. Well, they'll pretend to listen when it's time to run for an election. Oh, they'll yeah. come out and they'll, mm-hmm. 
Oh, mm-hmm. oh, great. Well, just make sure you vote for me. Oh, great. Thank you. Thank you so much. What a pretty baby. Would you like to have a beer? <laughs> yeah, 800-259-9231. You can take control. Then if they get elected, then they go in and they dig into their little hole, their congressional hole, and they don't come out again until it's time to get reelected. More coming up. You take control. Bring up anything. Free talk. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the website there. And enjoy all the features that you'll find completely free. Features including our wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. WIKIwiki.freetalklive.com. Have you ever considered taking your case to court? Without an attorney? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people without lawyers who must know what it takes to win and for people with lawyers that want to minimize legal fees and maximize winning by knowing what their lawyer should be doing. It works for plaintiffs or defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good lawyer. And it's so easy, the average eighth grader could go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. You can get it at Jurisdictionary.com. I have the course. I, I thought it was so good that I went and bought it myself. It's Jurisdictionary.com. Uh, before we get right back to your phone calls, a little further on what Joe had called in about and the question that he'd asked, I think deserves a little more uh, discussion. His point was uh, that you know we have a responsibility. This idea that we have a responsibility for what happens in in Washington D.C. At least that's what that's my understanding of what he said. And I tend to agree with you, Meg, that uh, it's not a responsibility necessarily. However, you are responsible for how you handle yourself. You are responsible for what you do in response to what they do in Washington, D.C. Like, I am not responsible for Barack Obama or John McCain. They are who they are, and they're doing what they're doing, and there's nothing I can do about that. But I can choose, and I am responsible for how I handle the situation. So when I look at the federal government and I see tyranny and I see oppression and I see stealing and I see killing and I see all these things and I, then I, I have to ask myself, what can I do about that? How can I you know, respond to this? What, what sort of things am I, is within my power to do to affect this situation? And voting doesn't really affect it. As we were talking about earlier, you vote for one candidate versus another, you get the same result. I mean, look, Barack Obama is like George Bush the third patriot act uh you know (laughs) the the foreign wars that are going on i mean i i can't tell you that's much different uh george bush had presided over the single biggest expansion of uh, socialized medicine in his time surprise so did barack obama so uh, so there's not much you can do in that aspect in that arena the, the the voting and inside the system at the federal level but i still can do things i can talk about freedom i can explain to people what the ideas of liberty are all about i can withdraw my consent i can make it clear that i don't agree with what they are doing it is not 
my responsibility. I'm not responsible for their actions, but I'm responsible for my own actions in response to what they choose to do. And that leads to Joe's question is, well, when will people get fed up? When will people do something more than try to vote for one party or another? I think that's all that most people believe that they really can do is, well, well, I voted. Well, there's more that you can do, but <laughs> but voting's such a pointless act. I mean, the fact is that when people go in and vote, it's that five percent in the middle, the ten percent in the middle that largely affect uh, the, the election. So, uh, you know, when you're talking about ten percent, it's tw- it's twenty points either way. So, I mean, how many elections are not s- decided by twenty percent? Very, very few of them. So, it's those. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm sorry. So among those ten percent are people that do not have any idea what they're doing. They can't name the vice president of the United States of America. They don't know the name of their congressman in their uh, district. I don't. They, right. Right. Well, I'm just <laughs> saying, uh, you know, like this is this is what the average American is dealing with. Even if I go out and I learn these things and, um, you know, I don't I, either. For I, the record. Right. Which, uh, you know, I'm, I'm somehow educated in these uh, particular areas. I still don't know enough about these people to be able to actually give them the uh, the permission to lord over the rest of us but you know even if i did that that 10% is still going to be there i know that i have gone in that voting booth and i'm not talking about national elections i'm talking about local ones here and been like hmm i don't know who i should vote for on this hmm anderson sounds like a good name and i just check the box i mean <laughs> it's a, people people look at this stuff like it's a multiple choice test that they can't fail oh, Oh, yeah, we failed a long time ago, people. Yeah. yeah, and it's like if you are really passionate about a certain politician and you go, you know, campaign for them, you vote for them, and then they don't get in office, it, is that not enough to push you over the Like, your guy isn't in, so, you know, obviously the government is, isn't going to be doing his agenda, mm-hmm. so... Whatever, you know, you thought you were going to get in there. Is is that enough to push a person over the edge? Apparently not. Apparently not. <laughs> as long as people are in the paradigm that the system is the only option, it's very unlikely to me that they're going to come out of that. They're, they're going mean, to look at the system. They're going to see it. They're going to be frustrated. They might drop out of it. But, but think, think about the cognitive dissonance that must go on, say, for the, the, the staffers and campaigners of the, the uh, Edwards campaign from 2008. I mean, this is the guy that was cheating on his uh, wife with cancer. And mm. I'm not saying that Republicans are good folks. I'm just saying, like, here's a despicable individual who looks beautiful and has nice hair. And that's what we get in Washington. Yeah. Like, that's what you've got people and you keep voting for it and it doesn't and and there's really no point in not voting for it it's this screwed up system that really just allows the uh well i mean everybody knows that politicians are lying when their lips are moving right i mean do i have to say anything uh, who else who doesn't know that i really don't see a difference between voting for politicians and voting for your favorite like football team who's going to win or anything like that well the difference is the football team won't actually crush you uh they'll oh, yeah. crush their uh, the opposing team Whereas the politicians, they're more than happy to crush you and well, empty your pockets. The difference is, is when uh, the you know the attorney general of New York gets caught with a prostitute, he's in okay shape. Yeah. When an ex football player gets caught with a prostitute, his butt gets in big old trouble. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. It's a it creates a different class of people. They are the lords. We are the serfs. And the, po- the football players actually have talent. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Being continue. able to manipulate people like politicians do is a talent. But- I was just talking about like pack animal beliefs. You know, like people getting these herds backing their one you know team or their one politician, and it, it doesn't even matter about the politics or the actual effect that it has on people's lives. It's just 
you know, we're all in this together to yeah. get this guy in. And that's true. It is. It cares? is. You're right. From that mm-hmm. aspect, is a very sports team like mentality. Yeah. The red team, the blue team, and usually the the elation happens on the election night, right? For the just like with the the football team, when the football team wins, you'll hear their fans say, "We won," as though they were actually on the field throwing the ball and catching it and kicking it and things like oh, that. Oh yeah, wasn't the uh, Barack Obama thing all "Yes, we can"? And- sure, absolutely. <laughs> and so if, when the when the poli- uh, when the political oh, no, team you wins. Didn't. When the political team wins, then it's again, we won. And there's the elation. There's the rush of the win. There's the rush of the excitement that comes along with that. It peters out afterwards. And after then they the election. don't notice all the you know horrible, horrible things that this person does well, they because know, they won. They notice it, um, but they, they there's excuses. they were involved in it. You know, I gave you my despotic leader, so I can't I, I would have to emotionally divorce myself from the crap Look that they the did. Look at the excuses they make. And they, and they do it both on the Republicans and Democrats side. The Republicans excusing George Bush and all the tyrannical things that he did that normally if Barack Obama were doing they would be outraged about. Similarly the Democrats excusing Barack Obama for acting just like George Bush. Oh yeah, I, I, had, mean, I had a liberal friend actually tell me who was like so against the war he would do the once a week protest against it once Barack Obama gets in and the wars continue, he said, oh well he knows a lot more that we don't know so we just have right. to give him the benefit of the doubt. Right. I was and all that's- like, are you kidding? That's the cognitive dissonance, uh, it, you know. In reality, that's it's being it's it is being expressed in those uh, those words. Essentially, yeah, I realize that I have done you know that I voted for somebody and that he didn't do what he promised, but I need to be right. I need to make sure that I did the right thing and be comfortable with myself. So I'm going to just make excuses for this person like, oh, well, he has to trust his generals. Oh, well, he's moving towards it. He's doing the right thing. He's just it takes a long time. Oh, you know, fill in the blank, whatever the the party line is, the excuse as for why you voted for somebody that had bumper stickers. I've seen these things. I still see them from time to time where Obama has a peace symbol in the O. Right. I mean, or no war. It's, and- it's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Obama was fighting the same wars that George Bush was, but he's for peace. He won a Nobel Peace Prize, Mark. You right. Know, he, right. Before <laughs> he actually was in office. You know? <laughs> well, he was a senator before that. I he suppose, had good Mark. intentions. <laughs> I, I, I just it, 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 I find it so baffling. So baffling. So one eight hundred. How can people be so blind? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So that it gets back to the question of what Joe was asking before: is when will people be fed up? When will people realize what's going on? And when will they decide to take more action or do something else beyond just vote? That's a question that only you can answer. And if you feel like answering it, you're welcome to at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line for us. It was years ago. We got fed up for whatever reason. Uh, found the ideas of liberty. Educated ourselves. Join the Free State Project and move to New Hampshire in search of more freedom and gathering together with others. We'll tell you more about that in a little bit and also take your calls about anything. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80-plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition of the program. You dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. The number for you, 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Meg. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live gets a portion of the purchase price. It's the same great Amazon with the same deals that you're used to, free super, uh, free super Saver shipping. They've got dozens of categories. I mean, pretty much whatever you're looking for, they sell it. Go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, get your shopping done, and it helps Free Talk Live at the same time. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Get your liberty message out to thousands of people a month for fractions of a penny apiece. Do it from the back of your car with LibertyStickers.com. They have hundreds and hundreds of different Liberty sayings. You can check them out. Let your voice be heard with LibertyStickers.com. Also, if you have a band or a business or you need you need bumper stickers made up with uh, special slogans, Liberty Stickers can do all that, and they can do it for you at a surprisingly low rate. Go check it out. Check, check them out, LibertyStickers.com. All right, 800-259-9231 to the phones and the fun. Let's talk to Darius listening in our hometown of Sarasota, Florida, to WSRQ. Hello, Darius. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I got some uh, few cents added to this uh, free talk show. Yes, sir. This is free talk okay. live. Go ahead. Uh, free talk live. Uh, basically, uh, I feel like uh, recently I got a very big input uh, from uh, my uh, girlfriend, uh, son. Uh, he came from the high school and he was really upset because his teacher uh, called the student hemorrhoids. The teacher and called the st- the teacher at the high school called the students hemorrhoids. Yes. <laughs> wow. Well, I was pretty upset, you know, and I advised to my uh, girlfriend to go to the school to the principal and talk to him because this is not really nice tone of voice, you know, from the teacher called the students that way. Since uh, also we se- uh, have information from the other. Uh, students uh, to be a teacher or being the teacher from the low grade, they call the kids uh, brats. I hate those brats, but job is not bad. We can uh, get a lot of vacation and all the benefits, so I can handle. And you see, from this point, uh, follow this uh, question from this other guy, whatever was talking about the responsibility. Yes, sir. This is not not responsibility. This is a needs to be like somebody have to talk straight to the citizen and tell them, open your eyes. Take a little bit of time, slow down, and if you see something like this or hear incident like that, go to the school and talk to them. What happened? I mean, it's, so you actually went or she went uh, and, t- and talked no, to the... No, no, she said uh, she's not going to do it because they're going to mark him and he's going to have a bad grade. So let's be in that way. And he said, well, it's not, not a big deal They called you. Uh, so she decided so, she didn't. I'm just, it, just got to recap what you say to make sure I'm understanding. Uh, so she decided to not go and report it because she was afraid of retaliation? Right. Right. Uh, Darius, thanks for the call tonight. I, I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. And even if you do go and complain to the uh, the principal, it if they don't do anything, then what do you do? Well, oh, want, you go to the school board. I want to try. I want people to try to change in their minds because it's abs- This has absolutely could happen. Yeah, the, the mother could go and say, "Hey, look, uh, the the teacher called my my kid and every other kid in the classroom a bunch of hemorrhoids, and that would be bad, <laughs> yeah. or uh, you know whatever it would be. Uh, I, you know, I can't say that I don't understand why a teacher would say that. Um, the but I 
you know, I, I think that it was unprofessional and probably shouldn't have been done. Sure. But try to imagine, pick up your mind and change it from a public school situation to a private school situation. Can you imagine for one second being scared of what would happen to your student if you went and talked to the principal at a private school about a private school teacher saying something like that? Because you probably wouldn't be. Well, I think- because you control the situation. You could take your kid out. You could put them in some other school or something like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas you in, can't do with a government. You can't school. do in a government school because the, it, correctly, the teacher is above you. Um, all public servants are not servants. They are your masters. Yeah, and I think when you know people get out of that mindset of you know status ways and public schools and everything like that, it'll take out the bureaucracies. And everything. And so people won't have to figure out, like, am I going to go to the school board or the principal? If somebody calls your kid a name, just go up to them and talk with them. You know, there won't be this huge round about how can I address this thing? It'll be talk to the person that offended your child. And that, that, makes, that makes sense to talk to them. But if they don't make changes to yeah, their behavior, and they don't boss. apologize. Yeah. You can go to their boss. And the, the thing that Mark is pointing out here in a private situation, oh, yeah. if that boss doesn't do anything about it, if they are just, well... They are hemorrhoids. Uh, then you can say, well, I'm going to take my little hemorrhoid and we're leaving your school yeah. and we're not, you're not going to get any of our hemorrhoid cash anymore. And the, the private school will then lose a student or more than one as a result of doing something like that because they're always going to be beholden to their customers, unlike the government school system. Whereas if this uh, lady were to go into the principal's office and complain about it, they might blow her off. They might claim they're going to do something, but nothing is ever done. And the, the teacher may still continue to act out in the future, then the only other solution is to go to the school board in an attempt to get both the principal replaced or the, the teacher replaced or whatever. And if the school board doesn't pay attention to you, then the only option at that point is to run for school board and to try to change the school board and to try to t- change the political makeup of it so that it can be more in Right. You could take your kid your out step. of public school, but you've still got to pay for it. Yeah. Right, and then that's the ultimate problem is because you're still paying. It's a monopoly. Right. You never get good customer service out of monopoly ever, ever, ever. Right, right. I no mean, matter what the, happens, you know. Whenever anybody says there ought to be a law, what they're asking for is a monopoly in that particular area. And you know, I I cannot imagine how it is that people haven't learned this lesson that when you leave something to a monopoly, you're gonna get poor customer service. Maybe they have learned it, but they don't feel like there's anything that can be done. They feel like the school system is entrenched; that uh, it is what it is, and we all have to pay property taxes, the price of living in a civilized society, and there are all these excuses as to why this is how it is, and we just have to deal with it. This is how it is. And it's, it's because it's easier to make excuses like that and to just go along paying than to do something courageous like not pay. Or to do something courageous like get together with other parents and refuse to and have some sort of a property tax revolt where you say, screw this. We're taking our, not only are we taking our kids out of your schools, but we're going to take our money out of your system. Well, that would be real courage. It would be something that would make a difference. It would make a huge splash in the news, but it would take risk. It would take people being willing to put their properties on the line, and people are too chicken-ass. They're not going to do it. I think the first thing, the first step is to at least talk to your friends and family about, uh, you know, the, about solving their problems problems with the government because everybody thinks that the government is, has a solution to a problem but I'd love to see I'd, I'd love to hear about one successful solution that the government's had to problems if you've got one 800-259-9231 let's talk to TJ in the meantime listening in Waco to Info FM KBCT hello TJ hey what's up guys hey what's on your mind tonight well y'all were talking earlier about how it's I'm just kind of paraphrasing how it's a little pointless maybe to vote at the national elections, yeah, I would say so. Locally, it's not as pointless. Well, but, you know, I, 
my my argument would be, you know, if you look at the voting percentages, as you know, the lower the voting percentage goes, as to how the the country has changed, you'll see that the less the percentage of population voting, the more towards statism we move to. That makes so some if sense. More people voted, then. What, what, you know, where are you getting these numbers from? Because I would think that when you're talking about a low percentage of people voting, you're talking about small towns where people aren't involved. And and usually uh, small towns where people aren't involved, they don't have much money anyway, so they can't be particularly statist. So Wait, are we talking about national level, I, I right? I would assume you're talking about national I'm, level. I'm talking about national. I don't no, see really. that. That doesn't make sense no. because weren't there plenty of people that voted in the last election? And look, there's plenty of statism. Well, I don't well, understand also, the I mean, the two no, could be completely this, unconnected at all. Yeah, what's the correlation here? Well, listen to me, because if you look at, okay, the people that love government, they're going to go out and vote. Yes, they are. True. So if the people that don't want government in their life stay home, what are you going to get? But you're still going to get – it doesn't matter if the people that uh, that don't love government go out and vote if you're voting between two characters who love government. Yeah, there's no no government option on that list. Look, man, I've done I, I well, there's always the Libertarian Party, but even in this case, the last election, their and guy Bob was a Barr? joker. Bob Come Barr on. was not a, a you know a pro freedom guy. He was maybe slightly better than the other two candidates, and he didn't do any better statistically than Harry Brown did, the less known Libertarian candidate in the year 2000. So I, I mean, I've done a lot of the third party outreach stuff, man, and I know. Talking to people, they don't want to vote for a third party. They, there are all kinds of excuses as to why people will not vote for a third party. So even if what you're saying is true and a bunch of people that love freedom all of a sudden come out of the woodwork and decide to vote, if they vote for John McCain, we still have a warmonger as a well, president. But if, they vote, if they vote in all the different elections, eventually you're going to have people uh, that rise to the top that are freedom-loving people. Because this is but, but, uh, right. I agree. With, I agree that there there could be it could be better if pe- freedom lovers went out and vote uh, voted. And I'm for that. However, what I see is a lot of people voting that have no business voting, and you know that what at every for every one of them that votes, it knocks out somebody who uh, does know what they're doing. TJ, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate uh, the idea. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Don't know how likely it is. Hour two's next. You take control. Free talk live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live. It is the Saturday edition of the program. We're here live to take your phone calls about whatever you want. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their sites. We give ours away at freetalklive.com. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Meg. And Mark. Right back into your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. Kirby is listening in, I believe, Waco to uh, Info FM KBCT. Hello, Kirby. Hey, how are you guys doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? 
Uh, well, you know, I'm a political science student at a Texas A&M University here in Texas. Go Aggies. And, oh, thank you very much. <laughs> um, and, um, well, you know, I've taken a lot of classes over kind of just uh, the national government and also government bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I know a lot of Americans kind of have an idea of how big our government is. But once you take a few classes over it, um, then you, I think, you, be, you truly begin to understand just how large our national government has become. And at the same time, how small our, you know, how, how small our state and local governments have uh, shrank over the years. You think they've and, shrunk? Well, I think, in, I, I think in terms of dealing with certain, um, certain areas of policy that they used to deal with that the national government now... Okay, controls. I see what you mean. They've, they've been supplanted right. uh, by the federal government. Okay. Right. Right now, now in terms of in terms of invading our personal lives, oh no, local and state government has grown by leaps and bounds. Okay, um, for sure. But yeah, yeah, that's that's what I meant. And um, yeah, the federal government you know, is a leviathan. I mean, it, it just its tentacles are getting into everything, and I've just heard, in a bigger, bigger way. I've heard numbers, and I I don't have any way. I don't think anyone has any way of really proving this. But um, if if you take everybody everybody who works for a company that has a contract with a state local or the federal government that half of america works for the government oh yeah i mean it's it's uh it, it's it's uh it's very scary uh just in the sense of knowing i mean you know you think about you know think about what bureaucracy do you interact with every day the post office you know they're a branch of the government bureaucracy and think about how many employees the post office you know employs now, i'm not saying that the uh, post office is you know, into kind of any nefarious schemes. They just deliver our mail. But, I mean, you know, the post office has so many employees. Just think about all of the branches of bureaucracy that we really don't know that much about. Oh, absolutely. The, the, you know, the post office has one of the biggest uh, employees. The, the the total numbers of employees. It's they huge. Are, uh, quasi, um, uh, you know, quasi independent. Just to, just to and there out. are some things that go on with the post office that are very naughty. Uh, like for instance, they have a, a monopoly on first class mail delivery. So right, you can't send a letter through UPS or FedEx unless you're willing to pay their their ground rates. They're not allowed to offer a service that is cost less than a dollar. It's they're prohibited by law from doing that only the post office can offer services for under a dollar and so they essentially are a postal monopoly but the post office has turned from a service to to uh, americans you know and i I guess in the pony express times it certainly was but the post office is now really just an ad venue for car washes pizza places and uh you know other coupon uh distributors throughout the town pretty much i I get that in bills right i mean that's pretty much that's that's all you get and i get most i mean most of my bills i pay uh online online. you know i don't use the post office i mean we can't come up with a better system than this these uh we could if we wanted to but these pizza delivery places they get a deal on their delivery they're not paying 54 cents or whatever a stamp is you can tell i don't buy stamps um but they're not paying that oh of course and when you know and, and going back to uh, dealing with like ups and fedex and stuff you know that's just the nature of the government if uh if there's a good business out there the government's going to tax it and if that business keeps moving then they're going to break it up and if it stops moving then they're going to subsidize it yep. you know <laughs> and that and that that's just the way the that's the way our government, you know, works as it is right now. And that's the only thing, that's the only bad thing about political scientists these days is you have a lot of great men and women and academics out there who just kind of suffer the status quo. And they say, well, there's nothing we can do about this, so we might as well just go on living the way we, 
the way we are, and that there's no, and I'm not advocating a, a a violent you know radicalism, but we need to get back to uh, what our founding fathers intended the federal government to be, and you know, that was to I don't know protect what the, our shores and I, stay out of our business. I don't know what the founding fathers intended the federal government to be, but they certainly set it up so that it turned out to what it is. And I'm right. uh, I'm of the opinion that this uh, that, that that the let's get back to the Constitution stuff just means let's get back to what we've been doing all along. The Constitution has, in fact, authorized everything that we've got. Well, or I think we need something for... new. However, if you were to uh, try something new, then what you're going to find is the Hillary Clintons of the world are going to say everybody has a right to health care everybody so um, you know what we, what we the only course here that really makes sense is liberty for everybody it's you know that's what is going to uh, take the liberals but not everybody wants that well some people want to stick guns in other people's faces and tell them what to do and some people want to be told what to do but as far as I'm concerned they can go ahead and do yeah, that they that's their freedom and Make a little commune somewhere. Absolutely, and they should leave us the flip alone, so we, those who actually want to be free, can can have that for ourselves. Which is why we've moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project uh, in order to get that ball rolling uh, sooner rather than later, and and stop the excuses and and get you know get active and and move towards freedom in our lifetime. So there is a possibility, but I think you're right, uh, Kirby, that most people don't understand. They don't understand that there are other options besides just working within the system and, and voting for Tweedledee or Tweedledum. Right. Well, and, you know, and, and like I said, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a first-time caller and a first-time listener. Um, but you know, li- listening to you guys uh, driving on the road right now, I mean, I think you'll have a, you've got a lot of great points, and uh, you know, I support the uh, the free state movement as well. And uh, oh, great! I just, you know, I, I wish you guys. Wait a minute. Point the, of information: Have yeah, you heard? Kirby, of you're going to be a radical in about two months. Can't yeah. wait. Keep listening. Point of point of information, <laughs> Kirby. You said you support the free state movement. Have you said you're first-time listener tonight? So does that mean you'd heard of the free state project prior to us mentioning it? Yeah, I heard. I've 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 read a little bit about what's going on up in the, up in New Hampshire, and I think is, isn't there a free state movement going on in uh, Alaska as well? It was no. uh, Wyoming, and uh, it, it may ain't really not be, much of a movement. Yeah, it re- really may not be. I'm, I'm not going to call it dead. I will t- I will call it uh, somewhat comatose. Yeah, the only real free state movement is the original free state project, wherein over ten thousand six hundred people have signed and pledged to move to New Hampshire. Hundreds have actually made the move. We're three of them here on the show tonight and uh, and have gotten active in various different ways up here and it's it's really an exciting it's an exciting time it's a great group of folks uh and you can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about it kirby glad you're out there thanks for listening appreciate the call tonight 800-259-9231 we continue with jordan listening in yakima to kbbo hello jordan jordan in yakima going once um, hey jordan well uh, right here uh all right so basically I wanted to comment on what you guys touched up on earlier about the uh, government indoctrination system. I'm yes, obviously sir. still part of it. Fortunately, I have a few months to go. But it was not obvious. But okay, you're so, so. What are you a senior in high school? Yes, I'm a okay. senior in high school. Gotcha. And um, basically, it's really sad to see that most of the most of my peers will never, unless we obviously do something, will never see the ideas of liberty or never be exposed to them because we've all been put through this rank-and-file system where you just have to go jump through the hoops and you'll be okay and you won't get in trouble. You have to do all this work. You have to be branded and told how basically to live your life, that all of this stuff that we have to deal with is normal, that people getting tackled to the ground for passing out pamphlets or using cameras or things like that is completely mundane and all this other garbage that we have to deal with, and it's it's very 
very sad, but what I want it to is sad. On, it is sad when your peers and others you care about uh, are oblivious to the ideas of liberty and oblivious to or feeling uh, empowered or less less than empowered to do anything about the tyranny that they might be aware of that is surrounding them. Well, what's even more despicable is when you try to bring it up, they'll use whatever they've learned in their confined little mental box to attack you, and you sure. get dissented upon, and staff will treat you differently. They'll... It'll just make your life a living hell. <laughs> yeah, well, the advocate of liberty is not an easy role to be in because people, you know, you it's you versus the world. Especially it can seem like in a that. school because, I mean, yeah. you know, they're teachers. They have power over you. How dare you question that, you know? It, it can really feel like you're all alone out there oh, in a yeah. world full of statism. And that's one of the reasons I moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Yeah, I don't because, feel that way anymore. Yeah, because I feel like now I've got people. Yeah. I can walk five minutes and I'm at the house of another uh, liberty lover and, and there's like all kinds of natives around here that love freedom, too. So you might want to consider that for when you get out of school. And I thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Take control of these airwaves. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition. When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. FreedomCam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection. The The GPS GPS Black Black Box Box Dash Cam. Cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops, accidents, and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at freedomcam.net. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. The Sakel CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Meg. And Mark. 800-259-9231. The website, freetalklive.com. You'll find a lot of features there. Archives included. So if you've missed a moment of the show, don't worry about it. They're right there on the front page, last week's worth. And then you can click into the archive section, and that'll take you back to late 2006. All of it is free for you. And actually, the uh, Free Talk Live archives are brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name or .anything. You can create your very own website with their free site builder tools, and they have more than 4,500 templates to help you design your website, whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website. You let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. There's a 99.9% uptime guarantee, 45-day money-back guarantee, and 24-7 technical support. Plus, your first month completely free at hostgator.freetalklive.com. All right, 800-259-9231. Right back to your phone calls about what you want. Larry is listening in Florida to WFLA. Hello, Larry. Yes, hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, first of all, live free or die. Yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) You you were talking about uh, teachers earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point in time, you have to remember that they're all government employees. They're well, the, most... the, the ones that work for the government are. The ones that work for private schools or homeschoolers are not. Well, those are the underpaid ones. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, well, you know, now wait a minute. You can say they're underpaid, but those people are accepting the uh, the pay they're getting, so they're paid what they're they're paid what they're worth. 
And I wouldn't yeah. say that uh, the public school teachers are being paid particularly well. I mean, I, I have an aunt who's a public t- school teacher, and she definitely doesn't make that much money. She just, I don't know about that, uh, Meg. It depends on where. Right? Yeah, it, it does depends depend on, on where. where but... And remember, they're only working for, what is it, 180 days out of the year or something like that? True. I mean, it's not. Actually, she, actually, she's right. Uh, the people who uh, work for the private schools are underpaid. The people who work for government schools, please, they are way overpaid. Well, that, again, I, I, I understand where you're coming from in that compared to the government school teachers, they are not paid as much. But we don't really know what the actual market rate for a teacher is because there's not a true free market in education. And that's why people will say things like firemen, police, and teachers all are underpaid or overpaid is because there isn't a market mechanism for deciding what these people um, are you know what what their jobs are worth you almost never hear anybody uh, in the private sector being talked about as though they're over or underpaid if i may say you may you you really can't uh compare the folks who are risking their lives to people who are standing in front of uh, three-year-old kids or excuse me five and up year old kids Oh, I think you can. I think that uh, the way the public school system is designed, uh, where they they can't send home kids who are a huge disciplinary problem, it just gets to the point where the teacher has no control. Once you have one bad apple, and he and the other kids see, well, wow, he can do whatever he wants to do because he doesn't give a flying crap. Um, once they see that, then the other kids will begin to act that way, and it turns into this uh, Lord of the Flies situation, and the teacher's at a distinct disadvantage. Well, wait, a minute. what was the comment about people risking their lives? Maybe cops and, uh, well, no, uh, you mentioned uh, cops, firemen, and teachers in the same breath. Oh, I, uh, well, cops so, aren't uh, being yeah. a cop isn't that risky? Right. If, if they were really risking their lives, then they would be on the top uh, list of top uh, ten, you know, most dangerous jobs. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, as a pizza delivery girl, I think I, I was a little more risk than any cop would be. Likely true. In fact, the uh, the police uh, generally, they they have a lot of officer safety provisions because they're really more concerned about their own safety than they are you. It costs the, it costs the taxpayer a lot of money if a police officer gets hurt on the job. They don't want that happening. No, that's true. You're absolutely right. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole uh, a bunch of uh, police officers who are on disability who shouldn't be, but that's... that's a, I, I have a second point, if sure, I may. Sure, go for it. Yeah, you, we were mentioning about the lords in government. Lords, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah and that, that was a while back. I've been on the phone for a while. Uh, this young man, Reggie Bush, who had to give away, give back his Heisman Trophy because he took a couple of dollars over and above his uh, uh, his scholarship. Now, in the same token, shouldn't the president have to give back his uh, Nobel Peace Prize for engaging in two different wars at the same time. Yeah, that'd well, be nice. Put, that'd be nice. Just one war, you know. I mean, what the heck? Apparently, the Nobel Peace uh, Organization, the, the the folks that award that, don't really care about that sort of thing, though. But I agree with you that certainly what you're saying makes sense. It's uh, it's an insult to peace. They, they gave the idea of Barack Obama a peace prize, ah, not, not the man. The, not the, you you know, they, much, yes. You're absolutely right. Larry, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. Thank you, sir. Santa Claus will get the next one. 1-800-259-9231. We continue with uh, your phone calls. I believe we've got Blair on the line listening in Tallahassee to WFLA-FM. Hello, Blair. Good evening. Hi, Blair. What's uh, on your mind? Well, somebody, y'all were talking earlier about the Postal Service and federal government agencies and such. And uh, I just wanted to point out the post office is a for-profit, non-profit. We don't we don't give government money. 
Well, that's not true. Okay, yeah. So um, the the post office gets uh, reduced rents on its buildings. Um, the uh, the pension free rents in many cases. What's that? And free, free rent. rents. Uh, the, the which, by the way, if I ran a business and I got free rent, like that would change my competition against the uh, you know the, my uh, status against the competition by a huge extent. The post office has well, huge buildings. Um, well, plus, I'm, I'm in postal management, and I haven't worked in a building that we got for free yet. Yeah, well, there are some post offices that pay rent, like in smaller towns and things like that. They they pay rent. Uh, I mean, they're, yeah. but some of them are owned wholesale by the federal government, and they're not paying anything for those. Well, no, we own all our own property now. Right. We were buying property, but we quit because we're Who out pays of money. for the pensions? Uh, we do. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that the federal government the bails you out. Has an exhaustive um, has an exhaustive uh, report on all the the spiffs and bonuses and benefits that the the post office gets. And I mean, like, not to mention the fact that you guys have a monopoly on first class mail delivery. That if I decided to open up a business, just like Lysander Spooner did back in the 1870s, that the government would come with men with guns to shut me down if my business had to do with delivering mail for less than a dollar a, a letter. Yeah, I believe uh, Ed Hudgens from Cato wrote a lot of good stuff about that. Say what, Blair? It's against the law right now. You're correct. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, who else can go to every house every day? For what we charge for a first-class letter. What Maybe that's the problem. I mean, you're like, really, when it comes down to it, what kind of sense does it make that I'd charge the same thing for delivering a letter across town as I am from delivering it across the country? I mean, what kind of market mechanism are you guys getting? Market, excuse me, uh, price mechanism uh, are you guys getting? I mean, it's ludicrous. Uh, well, we don't get anything. I mean, you're right. So do you support then, Blair? Do you support ending the monopoly of the post office and opening it up to a competition? Well, it's already started. Well, no. Uh, you still have a – you still ha- if it's What do you mean by it started? We gave away the lucrative part of the business. We gave away the express. To the, the internet? What, gave Back away express to, to what? Uh, to FedEx, UPS, DHL, and uh, all the. Well, wait a minute. What you mean by gave it away? You mean that the post office actually contracts with FedEx to deliver overnight packages and things like that? We contract with FedEx to fly our express because we're not allowed to own airplanes for the transport of mail. It'd be a monopoly. Sounds like an oxymoron, but it, that's the way it is. Well, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. He claims that the post office is getting its uh, pension money from their own funds. I don't believe that's true. I think that's the uh, the federal government that's been bailing them out on that one. More coming up. You can take control, and it's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher-quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. Free and take control of the airwaves at 1 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line 800 259 9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free. Enjoy those, and they're all on us, including the bulletin board system. You can go and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. It's free. Go to bbs.freetalklive.com to do it. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Intern for Liberty. Make a difference, get experience, and get paid. 
The Institute for Humane Studies is seeking undergraduate graduates and recent graduates for its summer internship programs. They have internships in all types of journalism and public policy. The internships include a generous stipend, housing assistance, career workshops, and training throughout the summer. Visit libertarianinternships.com for more information. Sign up to receive uh, updates and reminders. If you're a college student or know a college student, this is a great opportunity. It's not like there's going to be jobs falling from trees this summer. And libertarian internships can get them a job in uh, organizations where they can get hired. Many interns have gone on to ABC's 2020, The Financial Times, Washington Post, The Wall Street Journal, Cato Institute, many more. It's libertarianinternships.com. All right, 800-259-9231. We continue here. We'll take your phone calls about what you want, and we'll go to PL. Listening in Virginia Beach to WTAR. And by the way, big news for our listeners. Uh, excuse me, that's uh, not WTAR. It's not Virginia Beach. And maybe, I don't know. Pierre, are you listening to WTAR? <laughs> Yes, sir. Thank you. That's what I thought. It was Nor- Norfolk, Virginia Beach, right next door to one another. Uh, yeah. WTAR, by the way, going to be taking the Free Talk Live weekday program starting on Monday. So you guys are going to be able to listen all week long from 7 to 10 o'clock whenever there's not sports on. So uh, big news for you guys out there. Anyway, go ahead with your thoughts tonight. Well, uh, here's a question that I have. See, I, uh, you know how they have the policy about the don't ask, don't tell in the military. And I have no problem with homosexuals in uh, the armed forces. I mean, I used to be a uh, veteran of the United States Navy, and there's no issue with uh, two men being together or two women, whatever, but here's what I feel is unfair for those that are straight is that the main reason why you don't have women in the infantry and women being in the men's dorm and vice versa is because the fact that they feel as if relationships, especially if you're in the same uh, command or whatever the case is, that if you're together, you can compromise the mission because of the fact that the relationship may go sour over time or whatever the situation is. So now, you ha- here you have two men that can now be together or two women that can be together, but yet for those that are straight, they still have uh, some sort of blockage towards them. So if you're going to have men and men being together openly and women and women being get- together openly, can now women join the infantry? Can now men and women sleep in the same dormitory? Women have joined, basically joined the infantry. Women can, uh, you know, I mean, there's there's all kinds of situations where women are currently on the ground in Afghanistan and Iraq in what they call support roles, and that means that they're behind the uh, machine gun in a uh, in a Humvee. I mean, that's that that's not something that's not happening. Yeah, and I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to the idea of men and women serving, being able to be together while you know on the field because. When, I mean, the war first started up and I was reading like all these horrible stories, there were a lot of rapes of women. Like women were dying of thirst because they wouldn't drink before bed so that they wouldn't go to the bathrooms because the men were raping the female soldiers. I saw something on that recently where it was like one in three women or more than that that were, were, had been raped in the military. Yeah. So just let them, you know, sleep together if they want. And then maybe, you know, the incentive to get off any way possible for the guys might go away for some of them. Well, well, the, the thing that I'm asking is, is that could they then make a new policy for men and women to be together? For, exa- for example, uh, I worked in uh, the aviation field, work on aircraft engines, and when I lived on the base, we had this nice, you know, large building, and they had one for just the guys and then a separate building for just the girls. And after 10 p.m., girls couldn't be in there and vice versa for the women's building. So when you have strict enforced rules, 
with men and women being together, especially after certain hours, but yet here you have next door, two guys can be a couple, and they can have a good time, but yet the straight men and the straight women well, are I, I highly doubt that uh, the, the, the two men will be having a good time in the barracks. I mean, mm-hmm. al- that seems pretty right, unlikely. Aren't these open dormitories? Well, I mean, of course, not, not openly. Of course, it's not as if they're going to be like holding hand in hand and going inside, but the things that they can actually engage in relations. Well, wait a minute. If you're either open or you're not, so you're, no. you're talking about they would have to go and hide somewhere to engage in relations, right? Because they're not going to be doing it right out in an open bunk area. Well, no. The way that uh, it works, in the, uh, the way the mil- that's only in a boot camp, it's like open bunks. The mm-hmm. way it is in the barracks is that it's just like a motel where you have, you know, uh, one room only has can hold two people. I see. Like a motel style is how the barracks is once you're outside of boot camp. It's not open bunks or anything like that. So this is kind of like the uh, the argument that we shouldn't legalize marijuana because somebody might drive while stoned um, because you know, these are two <laughs> s- separate unrelated incidents. Um, you can regulate whether or not people are allowed to participate in certain activities um, like, you know, no sex after 10, um, you know, and that kind of thing, whether or not, uh, you know, you allow people to openly state that they're gay without any kind of trouble. I mean, hundreds of people were ridden out of the military during the Don't Ask, Don't Tell uh, time frame, which is still going on until, uh, you know, I I think it's next month or something like that. But they were ridden out of the military because of their orientation, because somebody decided they knew or they they said something that uh, they let something slip that kind of thing and i think that that's the kind of discrimination that they're um that they're trying to get rid of but i think that the 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 main problem with the united states military is that they um they they have a situation (laughs) where people can't leave you can't like unlike any other job in in the united states you can't say look i'm sick of this crap i'm ready to go home and you're an indentured servant yeah you're you're, you contract away your life for eight years and even if it's a four-year contract you still have another four of uh active ready reserve or something like that so it's eight years for everybody and then you so you have people that are they're stuck and so they act differently because they're slaves as opposed to free people that can leave Yes, very true, very true. Pierre, thanks for the thoughts and the call. I appreciate hearing from you. Yeah, I just think that whole problem could be solved if we didn't have, you know, wars going on and military. Absolutely. You know, I see no reason to have yeah. a military <laughs> at all. I think that all it does, and the founding fathers, some of them would have would have agreed. I mean, they Many understood. Many of them did not want a standing military. Yeah, they, they understood that having a, a standing they understood that having a standing army means that they that would be used for things and it would be used for not good things like invading countries and killing people and stirring up hornets nests around the world. Right, the reason that the uh, the people in the middle the people the reason that people that are in the Middle East want to kill the United States, some of them or kill people in the United States is because of what the United States military has been used for by its politicians. Okay, so by the way, uh, just to just to rewind slightly back to our caller a, a little earlier, someone called in to talk about the post office. He was a he was a post office employee, and he was defending the idea that the post office. Yes, he admitted they do have a monopoly on first class mail, but he was defending the idea that they're all you know self funded. We do this on our own. We're paying our own pensions, et cetera, and so on. And I don't have the 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 claim to back up, my, or I don't have the evidence to back up my claim about the government bailing out their pensions. But I do have. This story from a few months ago, 
From dailyfinance.com, the United States Postal Service delivered bad news on Thursday, reporting a $3.5 billion loss for its fiscal third quarter due to lower revenues from the continuing drop in mail volume and increased costs from retiree health benefit expenses. The USPS lost $1.1 billion more than it did during the third quarter of 2009. And I was actually, as I was Googling around for stories about the, the post office budget, you can find stories from 2008 and 2009 where there are several billion dollars in the hole in those years. And and so they're saying that in 2010, uh, this is again third quarter 2010, I don't have anything that more recent than that, but in third quarter 2010, they're saying the USPS lost even more than it did, $1.1 billion more than it lost in the third quarter of 2009. So things are not turning around for the post office. I've got numbers here that say the average postal employee makes $85,000 a year, and I don't know how old that Jeez. information is. It's from the Cato Institute at Cato.org. But I mean, how in the world are you cry- trying to tell me that this is a normal... Just, just, just your average business, eighty-five thousand dollars per employee. So they are in the, they're in the red, and there's only one way for them to get out of that, and that is the relief they are seeking from Congress. They bail are, out or really make them a private business. One eight hundred. If they were really a private business, they'd have gone under a long time ago. One 9231 You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition of the program. You dial in toll free and take control of the airwaves. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there completely free. So enjoy those. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that uh, by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. As little as three bucks a month, that's all that uh, we ask. And you get perks. You get access to the Amp Only call-in lines, the Amp Only forum, podcast, and more. You can get those details. But most importantly, that money is reinvested into the show. It is not money that goes into a paycheck or something like that. It's, it is actually put right back into the program. We use it to market the show, to get on more radio stations, to expand the show on our existing stations. Like I mentioned, uh, WTAR there in Norfolk, Virginia Beach, and I, I need to learn my geography a little bit better. It's a monster signal, 25,000 watts at night, 50,000 watts during the day. That's as big as they get, right? 50 for 50 an AM, AM station? Yeah, yeah 50 is as big as it gets. So, uh, so yeah, WTAR coming on board uh, for, for weeknights starting on Monday night, which is very exciting. So uh, so thank you to all of our listeners there in the uh, the Norfolk Virginia Beach area. And thanks to our amplifiers for making it uh, possible, making our expansion possible. We now uh, are on 90 radio stations from coast to coast. And it's all pa- thanks more to listeners. coming, too. Right. It's all thanks to listeners like you. Amp.freetalklive.com is where you can go to get on board with that. As we continue here. Oh, we're going to get right back to your phone calls. But, Meg, you had something additional to share about the postal bureaucracy yeah. and their monetary situation. The claim earlier from a postal employee was that, no, there's no file. Co- Congress isn't involved. They're not sending us taxpayer dollars. It's all self-funded. Well, he sa- Yeah, he was saying it was a private business um, or something like that. And there certainly have been private businesses that have been bailed 
sold out recently. Um, you know, and I wouldn't say that that would make them less uh, private. But I suppose lots of people are calling General Motors government motors. Just yeah. on the operating side, as we pointed out uh, a few moments ago, on the operating side alone, they are in the black or they're in the red. Excuse me, by billions of dollars, three point five billion dollar loss in just the third quarter of two thousand ten alone. So they're continually losing money, and they're losing more and more as the years go by. And on top of that, yeah. Um, so this article says that the post office has already borrowed roughly thirteen billion from Uncle Sam. And at the end, nobody of, else is going to give them a loan. <laughs> at the end of two thousand nine, they had thirty three point five billion in outstanding liabilities and another fifty four point eight billion in unfunded retiree health and pension obligations. Fifty four, so, so they're billion. like eighty, eighty ninety billion dollars in the in the red. Oh yeah. Um, okay, so well, that's just that's just your normal business there. Uh, no, no big deal. Um, you know that, that's that's pretty average. The gentleman, um, I can't remember what his name was, but he he was he stated some things that were kind of slippery, and I didn't uh, you know ask him about it. We were getting close to a break, um, so maybe I maybe I should have. But he said that uh, he had never worked in a building where the rent where they had free rent. And he's in management. That's that doesn't mean that he doesn't know about a building where they had free rent, nor mm-hmm. does it mean that the building that he was in didn't have redu- artificially low rent where they paid, you know, a dollar a year yep. or yep. something like that. Or, you know, some I- any kind of artificially low rent um, that the, the uh, federal government might have given them with one of their buildings. Right. So and also, um, you know, the post office, when it was spun off to be uh, a private business. Did they buy all those buildings from the federal government? Or did the federal government just say, hey, take the buildings, take your stinking pensions, and get out of here? Um, you know, I, obviously, the post office is, uh, you know, it's, it's, const- it's constitutionally mandated. But when you're talking about the end of the 18th century, when things were everything was delivered on horseback and in wagons, it's entirely different than it is today at the, the dawn of the 21st century. We can deliver things back and forth without the government subsidizing some giant monolith that loses, that, that can remain, somehow remain with its head above water, $90 billion in the red. We don't need them anymore. Things will get delivered back and forth. Sell it off. Sell off the buildings that they own. Sell off the equipment. Sell off everything. We don't owe them anything. 1-800-259-9231. James is listening in Charleston. What's on your mind tonight, James? You're listening on WSC-FM in South Carolina. Yeah, I was just listening on the on my drive home from work, and I was hearing the gentleman speak about that teachers are overpaid. My wife is a teacher, and uh, she used to live in New York before we moved to uh, Charleston, South Carolina. City? There is, uh, I'm sorry? City? New York City. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, upstate New York, actually, the Binghamton area. Okay, got it. And the there's a very large difference between states, and it's, yep. it's, it's dramatic, actually. Uh, she took a $7,000 pay cut to come to South Carolina because that's where I was residing and going to school. So what's she making um, for your... Forty thousand dollars right now. So she was. She should be making about forty-seven thousand up in New York. But the interesting thing is, is not necessarily. It's over two hundred dollars a day. Yeah, for, for forty thousand dollars isn't bad pay. I mean, it's a lot more than the average American makes. And um, she also gets her summers to herself, and yeah. she's off by three o'clock in the afternoon, right? No, that's that's where it gets interesting. Okay, she's in there by seven o'clock in the morning, yeah. and she stays four out of the five days a week. They get they stop getting paid at approximately two ten in the afternoon, hmm. but ninety percent of those teachers have to stay there 
because they don't get any free periods during the day. Yeah. So my, my wife gets one planning period, but um, she literally stays with the kids from 7 o'clock in the morning straight through until 2.10. So it's really not like a job. It's more like babysitting. I know people because, who work 12-hour oh, totally days. I totally agree with you that it's, it's, it's government babysitting service. I know, I know people who work 16-hour days, I mean, they on a regular basis. Yeah. So. And since when are kids getting out of school at 2.10? That was like a half day for me. Well, but they're in at 7. Yeah. The, the, during, now during now the seven. government has kids going in so early that they can't possibly imagine what you would try to be learning at seven o'clock in the morning. I'd be trying to stay awake. Yeah, actually. I, I mean, oh, you know, yeah. it just makes it it makes oh, yeah. it crazy. Look, on there's kids. no doubt the, that the, it's it's government. a disaster. I don't think the teachers are to blame for this problem, but I do think that they um, that the teachers union has made it so that uh, you know that there the, is none. Oh, yes, there is there none is. in South Carolina. There, there may not be not in, South in South Carolina. Carolina. No, there's none. In I understand, yeah. and it buoys it, but it buoys the rates that uh, that teachers get across the nation. So if they're paying forty-seven thousand in uh, New York, and they're paying twenty-five thousand in in uh, South Carolina, they're never going to be able to attract people because everybody's going to want to go to New York. So well, when you're talking you're right. about public service unions uh, for teachers in other states, in most states, uh, it then buoys up the rates that teachers get paid at public schools all across the nation. That will never happen in South Carolina. As a matter of fact, all the teachers are on, or, well, it depends on the district or on the county, but either the teachers are on a salary freeze or they have been given up to five furlough days. So they're, they're, they're losing okay. salary. Okay. While, Across while America, people are taking 10% to 20% pay cuts. Um, lots of employees are doing that. I mean, it's a down economy. There's, there's no reason. Yeah. I, my, my heart does not, uh, does not uh, you know, call out in longing for your wife because uh, um, you know, there has been a pay, pay, cut, a pay freeze. No, and, of course I mean, not. I'm just saying America's suffering, and one of the reasons it's suffering is because employee pensions and public service unions have driven up uh, costs and, uh, and regulations for all the things that it is that they've done. I, it's not the individual fault of each teacher, but it is the yes. problem of the bureaucracy as it exists and uh, the fact that we as American citizens really have no recourse. Um, I, if I'm, I don't have anything to say about what the teachers in my town are paid, even though my taxes go to pay them. So when you have the boss divorced from the, uh, you know, the rate that the employee is paid, you're going to have a problem. <laughs> I get you. I understand that. Now, the one other interesting factoid is that there is also a an organization. I think it's called ISS. I don't remember the exact name for that three letters, but it's an organization that actually hires teachers for private schools that are around the world. And the interesting part that I find so amazing is that there are private schools that are established in countries around the world, China, Thailand, um, not necessarily the United Kingdom, but like uh, uh, Vietnam, Korea, Chile, Argentina, and all of these private schools, there are people that are paying twenty to $30,000 for their child to attend these private schools because they admire American education. Oh, yes. But, America, but the America problem, leads the world in education. What? Oh, yeah, but, but Americans don't to, like that. Uh, higher education. They really don't, if you think about it. But Americans look at look at what teachers are doing, and they either, they either think they get paid too much, or they think that the kids aren't getting enough. But yet there's countries that want to bring their students here when, to go to college, but they have to have the American education. So I just, I just find it odd that America sometimes downtroddens on American teachers, but yet there are countries that are willing to pay 
$40,000 to pay the teacher and then pay their room and board electricity so, and their flights to and from to, to bring an American teacher to teach to their students. Right, and it's, this is a private situation where people decide what they want to pay. And that yes. may, may very well work in the marketplace. And this is the point that I made to the other gentleman is, is that we don't know what teachers are worth because the government's involved. And if it the government off the got numbers. out, maybe yeah. there would be fewer teachers and they'd all get $150,000 a year. Or maybe they don't yeah. know because, you know, there's it, 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 the government mandates how many teachers you have and all this other James, stuff. James, thanks what for the call. Paid. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Or maybe they'd get less, but they'd be happier because they could teach how they wanted to where instead of following this one-size-fits-all government curriculum. 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk. How do we bring liberty into the forefront of entertainment? How about film festivals? How about Sundance Film Festival? Pledge today to moneybomb.silvercirclemovie.com to help Silver Circle complete production by the Sundance Film Submission Deadline. Now's your chance to spread the message. Visit moneybomb.silvercirclemovie.com through the month of January to pledge. Because Sundance needs liberty. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition of the program. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where the features are completely free. So head over there and enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Meg. And Mark. Right back to the phones and to the fun. Let's talk. I believe, to Paul, is on the line listening to WFLA in Tampa. Hello, Paul. Uh, good evening. Hey, what's on your mind I'm tonight? Glad I, I'm glad I found your show. Welcome, sir. Uh, for the first time, uh, I've heard somebody say something that I've been screaming for a long time, which are, you know, this whole uh, notion that the police uh, and fire, you know, they should be upheld to a higher standard because they, quote, put their lives on the line. Um, I deal with police officers on a daily basis. And um, I, I don't hold them in that high regard, and I certainly uh, would never uh, hold them in a regard uh, by using the words first responders. Um, as we know, most of the time, first responders to major accidents are the, the surviving ones who are there, and mm-hmm. those are everyday citizens. So to me, the everyday citizen who happens to pull over at an accident scene or help somebody down a stairway of a building, uh, burning building is, in fact, the first responders. Sure, and they are completely unsung, typically, in many cases. Actually, in a lot of cases, people that uh, respond in emergency situations are frequently ticketed by the police afterwards. I mean, stories of uh, people helping, uh, like, a deer out of a river or, like, helping yeah, rescue... Yeah, one. And I don't know about frequently, but it certainly happens. It's often enough uh, that where, where there was a young lady got ticketed after she was hit by a car for jaywalking, so there's all kinds of stuff, stories like that uh, out there. And so you say you work with the police on a daily basis. What do you do? Well, I'm a criminal defense attorney, so I don't think I work with them. I interact with them on a daily basis. Gotcha. I I think there are four in ten years who I've found to be, uh, when they say there is, you know, there's one bad one in every group, I've found four good ones. Mm. Um, Other than that, I I, I find them, to me, they're sort of like politicians. You, You look at a politician with a Harvard education, 
and you think, why is he in Congress uh, making 120000 a year when he could be at some private law firm making a million dollars a year? And it's because they want the power. Yeah. They like the power, and they, they have applied a dollar value to that. And the same is for police officers. Why would they, for all their complaining of what little pay they get, why would they do it? Because along with the job comes the power of a gun and a badge and the ability to stop me, um, frisk me, and arrest me for little or no reason. Yep. Um, and that's what they do and, all day long. I mean, the, the idea that the police are out there risking their lives every day, uh, maybe it will be true if the police were actually dealing with going after real violent criminals. But for the most part, they're stopping people for speeding. They're arresting people with plants in their pockets. That's what their, that, that's what their, their bosses would have them do, because I, you know, I don't know whether the average guy on the streets would be willing to jump in front of a bullet to save me and my family. But I do know that his bosses know that the way that he's worth some money is if He's going around looking, uh, you know, trying to catch cars that are going 10 or 15 miles an hour over the artificially low limit and looking in there and seeing if they've got a, a roach in the uh, ashtray or whatever it is they do. Yeah, because actual crimes, I mean, the cops don't show up till the crime has been committed. Usually the violator right. is gone and all they're going to do is take some information and, you know, leave it at that. They're the cleanup crew. Yeah. Right. They're reactionary. Uh, they say they prevent crime and, and how can you possibly say you prevent crime when... 99% of the time, you appear after the crime is, has occurred. Right. It's an, it's an um, armed populace that prevents more. crime. I'm so, I was sorry. I was going to say that it's an armed populace uh, that prevents crime. The reason that somebody might not mug a little old lady is because she might pull out her Glock and plug them. Right. Right. <laughs> Anything else you want to share today? So, um, the only other thing I wanted to share is that earlier you had, you know, we've been having a little debate about teachers and, and you know, I personally think that, that teachers are overpaid, but I rarely voice that opinion until I hear one complain about how underpaid they are. Other than that, if I don't hear of them complaining, I don't voice my opinion about how I feel they're grossly overpaid. Well, as I said earlier, we never, we're not going to know for a long time until government finally gets out of education what a teacher is truly valued at. You certainly do see that in the private school market, teachers do get paid less. However, when you talk to those teachers, you find out they love their jobs. You find out that they are so happy working in generally in the in those schools uh, because they're they've been set free to to a large extent as compared to what they experience at the government school. So they are much happier getting paid less because they have the ability to innovate and the ability to to do things in the classroom that they otherwise wouldn't be able to do at the government school and apparently that's worth uh, a lot to them yeah it's it's becoming more and more limited though because i went to private school both in england and america and the american private school i mean they have to follow all the same regulations as standard state schools and so it's becoming very limited since you know they don't have the funds since most of those private schools are very small, so they'll have like seven or eight teachers for the whole student body, and they have to follow the curriculum that's given to them by the state. And then there's really no money left to do like their alternative curriculum or, you know, extracurricular activities, anything like that. that Is all that ha- true everywhere, though? I mean, there are different states with different regulations, though, right? So um, well, it's be different situations. I, I think after uh, No Child Left Behind, a lot of those, you know, mm. just requirements for all students came through because I know my senior year I was taking a math class I had already finished uh, some creative writing class and 
you know, religion. And so it really was just a prison sentence at that point. I didn't need to be there. I can see how that would frustrate some people if that's if that's the case. But the last I'd heard, private school teachers are generally much happier with their jobs. Oh, they are. I mean, it's definitely a different environment. I'll give you that. But it's getting more and more restrictive because of the government as far as curriculum goes. Yeah. So uh, thanks, uh, Paul, uh, for the, the call and the thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Joe listening in Tupelo to WKMQ. Hello, Joe. Are you th- hey. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I don't want to get into a uh, theoretical debate, but I've been asking around. So uh, technically, if the government changed the rules and conditions on which the military personnel signed their contracts, would they have to renegotiate? I'm not sure what you mean. Like, change the rules in what way? Uh, with the don't ask, don't tell policy. Would they renegotiate what? Uh, like contracts or anything. Oh, they don't have to do that. There's no negotiations when it comes to the government. You, When you sign their contract, they have the ability to update it at any time, Joe. They have the ability to go in and change the rules on you without your consent, without your knowledge even. They have that prerogative because they are the government and they can do whatever the heck Apparently, they want. Apparently, you didn't know they have all the guns, Joe. <laughs> And um, my last question would be, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Yeah, that's their legal system. I'm aware of it. I'm not familiar with it. Okay. Um, Article 125 is the one that bans sodomy for uh, uniformed military personnel. Do you think that this article might be under fire in the future for uh, violating the lifestyle of those men and women that choose that lifestyle? I have no I idea. I suspect they'll probably, uh, you know, do away with it at some point. But I, I, I would think in the uh, military, they're probably about as concerned with getting rid of old laws as they are here in the United States. Meaning believe, not at all. Yeah, I believe yeah. that you're not allowed to skydive on Sunday in oh, uh, Florida, and you can't look heavenward while peeing in New Hampshire on yeah. Sunday. So I mean, there's a lot of dumb old laws in, uh, in, in the, you know, regular for, for civilians too. Well, there's still a law in the UCMJ that uh, prevents military personnel from dueling, too. Uh, it doesn't prevent them. <laughs> <laughs> After the fact, maybe it'll punish them. It just them. punishes them. Hey, uh, thanks for the call. punished at that point. Joe, I appreciate it. Exactly. Joe, right. thank you for the call. There, there, there's a problem. I just, you know, maybe they, they call dueling this uh, archaic and uh, and barbaric practice. And uh, actually, I think it's in Kentucky. It's part of the uh, oath of office that you must say that you will not, be willi- not willingly participate in a duel. Hmm. But... You know, I, I, if two guys got a problem, and the only way they feel they can handle it is by uh, whipping out uh, pistols, and as long as they're in some field somewhere, and they're not going to hurt anybody else, well, you can you can duel with swords or fist to fist if you want. Swords, I mean, yeah. whatever. All right, so eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Matt is in Connecticut. Matt, oh wait, actually, hold that thought. <laughs> should pay attention here. We'll get to Matt and your calls as well at 800-259-9231. Plus, maybe we'll get to a little bit of good news out of uh, Washington, D.C., believe it or not. Maybe Barack Obama has done something right. It's possible. Broken clocks can strike right twice a day. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. I think George Bush probably did one or two right things in his tenure as well. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Free talk live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Stouffer's, helping bring your family together with wholesome dinner options, even on the busiest of nights. Find dinner table ideas to bring your family together at letsfixdinner.com. 
To get kids involved in dinnertime conversation, ask specific questions, not broad ones. Instead of what happened today at school, try what was the best thing that happened today. The more specific you are, the more they'll have to say. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash your family today. You can bring up anything you want by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. It's the live Saturday edition of the program, 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we have on the site. There's a mobile site. If you've got a smartphone, you can punch up m.freetalklive.com, get quick access to the various features there. In fact, you can even watch the webcam over your, I believe it's over your Android. It doesn't currently work on the iPhone, unfortunately, due to Ustream incompatibility issues. But if you've got the right kind of phone, you might be able to watch our webcam there. Otherwise, you can just go to cam.freetalklive.com, watch it on any computer for free. You can uh, look here into the studio for if you want to for some reason. But also on the Cam uh, page, there's the chat room where you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners, which may be far more interesting to you. Cam.freetalklive.com. Either way, it's totally free for you. Brought to you by Memory Dealers. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBIX, Zinpacs, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP. At up to 99% off of list price. Don't believe me? Go to MemoryDealers.com. Check it out for yourself. They also have great prices and services on used networking equipment such as Cisco routers and switches in stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery. It's MemoryDealers.com. All right, now we go to Matt in Connecticut. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Meg, and Mark. Hello, Matt. Uh, I just wanted to point out that, first of all, um, I wanted to talk about work, work ethic in the military, but... Um, having Megan behind that arm in your studio cam is really hurting your views, I think, on your cam. Yeah, um, sorry. There's no real place we can put that cam to uh, to make it more visible. She's a beautiful woman. I, I'd say replacing Mark with Megan would probably work pretty well. But to get to my point, um, I work in the Navy and uh, I work in a submarine. And um, I really wish Dale Burr was here to talk about it. I want to point out that what I've seen in my experience is that the stupid or lazy people that, that work on the boat end up getting out of work because they either do stupid things or they're too drunk to work on a mm-hmm. daily basis. And the competent people and the guys that work really hard end up having to pick up the slack for them, and they don't really replace those people because there's no market incentive. The guys that um, can't pull their weight end up getting sent to cushy jobs uh, on the shore side or they end up getting uh, taken off the boat, but the Navy doesn't bother to replace them. And they you know, end up with a system where the guys that are good at their jobs end up getting... Um, worn out to the point where they don't even want to be in the military uh, in the end, and uh, it really pushes the guys that work hard out because there's no market incentive in the system. And I was wondering what you guys thought about that. Sounds exactly right. Yeah, I would say that the system, you're right, it's completely insulated from uh, the marketplace and any market signals, so there are always going to be backwards uh, things going on there as a result of that. I mean, there's the stories of of laziness and, and just overall just wastefulness in the military that we've heard i mean from the i remember years ago somebody called to tell us that every single year they would push uh, equipment off the side of an aircraft carrier simply because they needed to get the budget for next year or meet their budget or whatever or expend their money so they can get the same amount the next year and so they just buy it all over again uh, basically and they were just tossing thousands of dollars worth of tools into the ocean i mean just just well, incredible waste and the whole basis of military has switched from defense to offense at this point so 
you know, they, they can come up with a million different wars, but defense is very specific. You know, if somebody's invading, attacking, that's all you need. But for offense, you can, you know, have all the money in the world, make all the things in the world, blow them all up. Tell you what, Matt, uh, you know, since you were specifically looking for our Friday night co-host, Dale Burt, uh, he is actually launching his own show tomorrow. You can go to his website. I believe it is flamingfreedom.com. It's going to be a, a Liberty <laughs> a Liberty show with a, well, I guess you could say a GLBT show with a Liberty flair. How about that? Uh, and that's going to be starting up tomorrow. And he'll also be hosting the Sunday night edition, the internet-only edition of Free Talk Live. So there'll be two opportunities for you to talk to him tomorrow. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. As we continue here, uh, Self Org in California, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Self Org. Uh, yeah, we need to uh, shift from the sinking economy, which is a diversive act, to the sinking cosmos. Uh, huh? That the economy is co- we have to understand the cos- that what drives the economy is Parkinson's law. That the what? oligarchs, those few, uh, those invisible few, you know, the NWO, are paid in jobs, and uh, huh? with the two-thirds waste tax or job tax. To the oligarchs, and this is what are you talking uh, about? Is anybody else following this? Or Parkin, is it... Parkinson law? Uh, Who? Par- Parkinson law is the is the the law that drives the economy. Why do we have all these jobs, wars, and Which so jobs? on, etc.? Because they create what are you jobs. T- hold on, a slow down one moment here. Why do we have all these jobs? And then you what, what, you transition what is into an another economy? Question. What is an economy? It's an oligarchy. It's an no, economy. Man, by no, the, that's by not what an no. That's this not economy what, might be an oligarchy. Well, let me just give you an overview. There is such a thing. An, as an economy is the interactions of all the uh, the individuals that are uh, that are interacting on an economic basis. You know, transferring goods no, and services there, to one another. No, but there's indicators. There's indicators. It's more than just people interacting. Like you've been saying all night long, there is other things. There is the government. Government changes money, and. Uh, and so, uh, no government steals money. They uh, steals they, take, money, they right. take money from people. And what do they mean by stealing money? It means that our job tax, that income tax portion of your paycheck, goes to those invisible few. Whether you call them NWO, New World Order, or the uh, or the well, oligarchs. that's that's a paranoid viewpoint. I mean, that's maybe it does. A, maybe it a, doesn't. Uh, certainly, we know they take the money and who they give it to. A lot of it is pretty visible. A lot of it are the uh, various different government agencies. They pay that. They pay interest right. on the uh, the Federal Reserve uh, money that they've been loaned. So a lot of it goes into places that you know you know about. Sometimes they'll find that there have been several billion dollars that have been go- that have gone missing, and you could say that's going to like some sort of secret government if you wanted to. Well, it's, but it's there's no more, evidence, obviously, of that. It's more than trillions. Uh, there's of course there's evidence. That's that's all that you and Alex Jones are talking about. Uh, no, the this, isn't the Alex, this isn't the Alex Jones show, and that's no, not what saying, we've been talking I'm about saying. tonight. We don't talk about the secret government stuff. We don't the talk news. about the paranoid uh, conspiracy stuff. This isn't one of those shows. No, no, but but there has to be um, a reason for having an economy. And since what day you, one... Th- uh, there's no reason for having an economy. The reason the economy exists is because people need things and they want things. That's what we believe. See, and it's this kind no, of No, it's true. That, it's an observation. Well, let, let me tell because you. Because you can't do everything by yourself, so you need the help, the assistance of other people to live your life. It's, okay, but it, just listen for a minute. Uh, it's this idea that it's a supply-demand economy that's making them turn the war on us. They're killing Americans abroad and here because they're blaming overpop, which they instituted to man their economy for that uh, max tax, job tax. 
Uh, why would we have wars? Are there I mean, people that can actually understand what you say? Because I have to say I'm <laughs> having a very difficult Parkinson, time. Parkinson, you're so fragmented that I'm the one who's fragmented. Madam, I cannot understand two of your sentences put together. You seem to be forming sentences, uh, which is you know better than some people that call the show. But you're not actually putting any coherent ideas together in any manner that is sensible or or I'm cognitive. I'm giving you an, an overall holistic view of the. Economy. Economy and it's called Parkinson Law. It's look, they teach Parkinson Law in in just frag, fragmentation uh-huh. is what drives the economy, and they fragmented wow. us to to to, to uh, let's cut it short. is exactly how I would describe yeah. you. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You are not required to be coherent to call this show, <laughs> as long as you can call the numbers. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And if you're too wasted, you can always hang hand the phone to someone else. Have them call in, and then they can put you on. 800-259-9231. We'll let you do do anything here, pretty much. It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. And, yeah, it's Saturday night. We're here for you. Dial in toll-free. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Saturday edition of the program. You dial in toll-free, bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Listening options are there. We've got live streams, broadband and dial-up flavors, plus our webcam, as mentioned earlier, the listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance, listen around the clock via the listen lines or the live streams. Plus, we've got a satellite channel as well you can listen to without any sort of subscription fee and in addition 90 wonderful radio stations across the country carrying the show at various different times go to listen.freetalklive.com to learn more and uh, go check out SACL CAI's banner at freetalklive.com. They we they are the longest sponsor of Free Talk Live. The principal over there, Jason Osborne, is a huge proponent of liberty. And SACL CAI, his company, will do collections, early out billing, purchase charged off receivables for your company. They'll treat your uh, they'll treat your customers with respect. They know that not only you want to keep your money, but you want to get your money. You want to keep your clients too. SACL CAI, you can see their banner at freetalklive.com. All right, so 800-259-9231. As we continue, you can bring up anything you want. Go to John listening in Tallahassee to WFLA-FM. Hello, John. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, sir. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, two things. Um, first of all, I just wanted to comment on, I guess, the education system in general. I, I know you guys were talking a little bit about teachers earlier. I missed a great portion of that, but something Meg said, I believe her name is Meg, mm-hmm. um, something she said at the end, I didn't... As far as I understand, she said something about taking the same class again. It felt like a prison, so on and so forth. Is that, did I understand correctly? Yeah. I mean, I was taking a math class I had finished three years prior because that was the literal highest math class that you could offer a high school student to still get a credit. I could take college courses, but I wouldn't get high school credits, and I just had to get enough credits to graduate. Okay. Well, that kind of, that kind of um, brings up a thing that I, I'm constantly thinking about, just 
the whole education system from the ground up is total reworking. I mean, even if we were to maintain a government system, um, we have right now, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's basically a dropout factory. I mean, me, let me preface this by saying that, I, you know, I dropped out of school in uh, the 10th grade. Oh, I did too. Um, I, I was disillusioned way earlier than that. I mean, I want to say starting in late elementary school, possibly middle school, just totally disillusioned with the idea because a lot of, I think we just need to readjust this so that we're targeting people that, I mean, I, it's difficult to say it, I guess, but I think that we should more appropriately address people, especially their um, their uh, native talents, you know, if, if they've got a talent for this or that. I mean, they should be able to explore that in school without having to wait uh what, 12 years or whatever it is we go through with standard education? I guess my question to you would be this, is if you think that the government, and you you said just maybe, uh, if you think the government has would have the possibility of pulling that off, I guess the question I'd have for you is, where in the world does the government do something besides one size fits all? (laughs) Okay, I understand. (laughs) And, you know, that's like I said, uh, Mark, it's, it's just that if it were to be that way, Um, I wouldn't be necessarily opposed to the government trying to offer a basic standard of education as the base alternative to whatever else we can work out. I am opposed Um, to it, and and here's why. Uh, If you can get to the point where you can actually rework the whole government system, then just eliminate it entirely, because there's no reason to to force people to pay for this substandard uh, government education, and that's what it is. It it is just, it's the worst possible option. It's a monopoly, and you get crap service, crap product with a monopoly every single time. There's no amount of electing somebody new that's going to fix the problems inherent in a system that has backwards incentives, which is what the government has. So uh, you get rid of the government system, you open it up to the marketplace, you allow free market education, and then everybody gets the education that they're looking for. People can go to trade schools. People can go and train on the job. People can go to you know the, the exclusive prep schools. They could, there'd be the, the, all, the educational options would be available all over the map. They would be from all different view, viewpoints. You'd have religious schools. You'd have schools without religion. You'd have anything. These schools with sex ed, schools without. You'd have it all, and everybody would be paying for the education they support, rather than forcing everyone to pay for a one-size-fits-all crap-can system. And all the apologists out there are instantly going to come to the argument that, what about those people who can't afford it? What about, you know... Well, if that was those? the case, yeah, and- if, if it was really about, uh, you know, people wanting, uh, you know, welfare for, for kids to go to school, then we'd have a system based on that. But when I go to public schools, I see a bunch of cars in the parking lot that are mm-hmm. um, a lot nicer than my car. And I know that the people <laughs> that are uh, living, that are going to that school are living in houses that are a lot bigger than my house. Yeah. So this isn't about welfare. Well, it's welfare. It's welfare for middle class people people that's what it is yeah and it's for, a government well uh you know babysitting program and for the you know poor out there who maybe can't afford to send their children to the school they'd like i mean it's such a common complaint or concern to people when discussing these things everything from homeless to you know people who won't get help uh because they're on drugs stuff like that mm-hmm. obviously it's a concern to people so if they had all their money instead of the government stealing it from them you set up charity schools yeah, i mean how many people spend so much money to go to Africa or Mexico and build schools or give them clean water. I mean, people care. And so those things are going to happen. Like I said, Ian, I just said in the event that that were the case, um, I I have a tendency to agree with you that we could have a lot better solutions elsewise. Basically, my point for the education bit is just that I think it's a bit redundant in what they teach. And and just because of that, by nature of it, we just disillusion people really quickly and they end up doing other things. Um, But as far 
far as my second point, I just want to say that I appreciate what you guys do generally and the fact that you, um, just by speaking about these things in general, for example, the fellow who called earlier, I think he was from Florida, about the policeman saying that he was a defense attorney. Mm -hmm. um, just entertaining the idea that they may not be for your best interest, whether that be the police, whether it be the government, whether it be this, you know, laws, legislation, so on and so forth. Just entertaining the idea is something that a lot of people aren't exposed to on a daily basis. No doubt. And the more they, the more they hear it, just, just entertaining it allows them to... Just, uh, you understand what I'm saying. Absolutely. That, You've got really it. My other point. There's no doubt about it. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing right. from you. People's putting... minds are going to expand. They need to be exposed to new ideas. And what you're not getting on talk radio today is a bunch of new ideas. You're getting the yeah. same thing uh, parroted by two different sides over and over and over again. And that's not mine expansion. You may agree or disagree with what you hear on Free Talk Live, but we, I guarantee, will deliver to you day in and day out new ideas. And it's pretty obvious that you know the people become disillusions because whenever we talk about things you know we're talking about peace and freedom and good things and the reactions that we get from people sometimes because these are such ludicrous crazy ideas they're reacting to the idea of peace and mm. that's that's just how far people have gone, you know, that peace is suddenly a volatile thing. Well, there are no sacred cows on this program, so certainly if there's an idea you want to hear presented, you're welcome to dial in if we haven't done it already. 800-259-9231. I guess, uh, if anything, the only restrictions are that, you know, we just can't – we can't put our station's licenses at risk. So obviously there's certain words that can't be said. But otherwise, I think anything goes as far as uh, topics on this uh, this program. 800-259-9231. Let's continue. Jim is listening in Texas. KTAE in the Cameron area. Hello, Jim. Oh, hi. I'm on I-20 right in the middle of nowhere here in the middle of Texas. I, uh, I wanted to give you some information. I'm a bit of an expert on the public school fiasco. I've studied it for over 20 years. And I just wanted to give you some facts about how outlandishly expensive it is and what an abysmal failure it is. And it's typ it typifies just about all government programs, but it really exemplifies how bad it can actually get. Mm -hmm. For example, in the state of New Jersey, the average school teacher will work 25 years or retire with full pension, collecting it immediately upon retirement. That teacher will put in approximately $124,000 of their own money during the 25 years, and they will collect at the end of that time, living through their life expectancy, uh, $3.2 million in pension and $600,000 in additional health care. That's crazy. Oh, uh, that, and that's just tip, it typifies the whole industry. It's a scam that is enormous proportions. I'll give you another example. It is enormous. My brother, uh, my brother lives in a town in New Jersey that has three high schools, the superintendent of schools. Total compensation package is uh, over $450,000 a wow. year. And uh, he's been indicted because uh, evidently it wasn't enough for him, so he was uh, getting kickbacks and everything for contract. <laughs> uh, I'll give you another example. I have a son that lives in New Jersey. He lives in a, in a one high school town. And in this one high school town, the superintendent of school, who was a teacher and a principal for most of her career, when she retired, she alleged that she didn't use any of her sick days. She was given a check. A check for $749,000. Thank you for the call. More coming up. Free Talk Live. 
On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Even in these remaining moments, there's enough time for you. 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Meg. And Mark. Don't forget, you can uh, find Meg online over at LibertyFlare.com, where she sells stuff. Flare. Uh, yeah. Flare. Uh, One-inch buttons. Liberty Designs. A lot of good Liberty people backed by that. Uh, you know, Different organizations. Organizations. And such. Uh, just individuals. Stuff like that. Uh, about 50% goes to them when you buy their Flare. So... Head on over and buy some. The flare is very cool. I'm, I'm starting a little collection here in the studio <laughs> up on our, our soundproofing. Uh, and you can go to libertyflare.com to, uh, to place your order over there. And you, you ship it real, real, chi- real cheap, quick. Yeah, it's uh, just 50 cents per button and $2 flat rate shipping. So. so the more buttons you order, the better the deal, right? Oh, yeah. I've had people where I spent way more on shipping than that but it, it gets covered you know over time so makes sense so libertyflare.com 800-259-9231 the dog tax mark we've been uh, selling this thing for like two nights we finally have a chance uh to uh, to get to this story what's going on associated press geneva a swiss village has found a drastic way to compel dog holders to pay their pets annual tax cough it up or the dog gets it uh, Reconvillier, a population 2,245 humans, 280 dogs, plans to put Fido on notice that if its owner doesn't pay the tax, uh, annual tax of uh, $50, that he gets it. Hmm. Local official Pierre Alain Nimetz says that the, uh, the move is more an effort to reclaim hundreds of thousands of dollars in unpaid dog taxes. He says a law firm, uh, a law from uh, 1904 allows the village to kill dogs if its owners does not pay the canine charge. 50 bucks. Um, and Limits told the AP on Monday that the authorities have received death threats since the news of the plan got out. Well, they're threatening to kill uh, beings. I guess uh, I suppose it makes a certain amount of sense. This uh, isn't about mass execution of dogs. It's meant to put pressure on people who don't cooperate. You've just threatened to kill a family member, you know? Yep. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's not pressure. That's threat. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you could use whatever term to uh, spruce it up you want. Uh, I I guess the question is, is where did these people get the right to be able to tell you whether or not you can have a dog that you take care of? Now, if your dog's getting out and killing chickens or creating a mess in people's uh, garbage or whatever, yeah. That's it, a problem. Well, it might get shot in that case. It might, uh, but also, you know, you need to you, you need to make good on the things that your dog does. But to have a dog at your house, you need to pay fifty dollars per year. Mm. That's ludicrous. And if you don't do it, they're going to snatch your dog and kill it. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know how the government works, this is it. This is how it works. 
the government is uh, what's what's the uh, George Washington quote from uh, his inauguration speech? The government is not like force. fire. Yeah, the, it's it is not force. It is not eloquence. It is like fire. A, uh, a fearful a, servant. A fearful servant and a terrible master. Something like that. Um, yeah. That's what government is. Government is only a guy with a gun telling you what to do. Okay, it might be more than one guy. Uh, you know, uh, more than one person. But they send the guy with a gun. He tells you what to do. If you don't do it, he shoots the dog. Right, and and this is really I I love how this story boils it down to its essence. This really helps people see. I I hope it helps people see the gun in the room because frequently we talk about this idea, the idea that every government program, no matter how apparently benign, no matter how noble the uh, the motivations behind it, like you know helping people that that need help, that kind of thing. Uh, there's always a gun in the room. There's always the threat of violence that is being used against people to force them to fund things they may or may not be interested in funding. Like, I like the idea of education, to go back to what we were talking about earlier. I like the idea of education. I just don't like government education. I don't like their curriculum. I don't like the things that they're teaching people. I don't want to support it. But if I choose not to, if I decide I'm not going to pay the 60% of the property taxes that goes to the, the government schools and instead keep that money and send it to private scholarship funds or give it to my friends that are sending their kids to uh, private school or homeschooling friends or whatever, if I want to take my money and deliver it in the way I feel is best, then they will come and take my house from me. And if I, uh, they'll, first they'll take it on paper and they'll send a notice saying that we're going to take your house and if I don't pay them, then they take my house, they do it at a tax sale, they sell it to somebody else because apparently I don't actually own it because they can sell it without my consent. So they sell it to somebody else. They tell me then that they, I no longer own the house, that I have to leave by by a certain date. If I don't leave by that date, even though I paid for the house, I thought it was my house, it had my name on the mortgage, I was the one that paid that off, they're going to come with men with guns and they're going to physically remove me from my house. And if I decide I don't want to go or that I want to defend my what I think is mine from the uh, men with guns that are going to come and kidnap me, then the men with guns will then use their guns on me and they will kill me. And the same thing will happen with the, the government's uh, dog license. In most places, the punishment comes on you. They want you to pay the $50 and if you don't pay it, then they fine you some more money. And of course, most people just obediently go ahead and pay because they're afraid of what will happen. They're afraid of the violence and they know that it exists. And so then if they accidentally don't pay the bill or they lose it or something like that, usually they go in and they're so so apologetic. Oh, I'm so sorry. Let me just cut you a check for $200 instead because there's that extra fee because I was late with the payment. Here you go. I'm so sorry. Here, now I can own a doggy. I mean, the idea that this is the land of the free and that you have to well, pay. Well, this is in Switzerland. But there are dog fees in this uh, in oh, this yeah. uh, country, too, all over the place. There are dog licensing fees in pretty much every city, every county, you name it. They've got this. Uh, they've got this law. So if you don't pay and then you don't pay, the, the court decides you know that you must pay and you don't pay them. Eventually, they're going to determine that you need to be locked into jail cell because you haven't paid. And they might just take your dog from you as well. At that point. And so really the switch. Clearly you're not qualified to own an animal if you don't pay the uh, tax on it. And I've always wondered, why is it dogs? What about, I mean, cats? Cats get out. What about chickens? I mean, you know, how don't come, give them ideas. How come, yeah, you, I, how come I don't have to have a license for the chipmunks that run around in my trees? Well, well in some places you are not allowed to have chickens. They, they'll just tell you you can't have them. Yeah. And there are new like um, voluntary things that people can get into. Uh, I've heard about this before. I haven't really looked into it, but it's basically like a voluntary license or something equivalent. And they, you know, some people do it, some people don't. But then when like the little girls with their, you know, sheep or whatever go to the 4-H and their animal wins, that's when they're arrested for entering an unlicensed animal or something like that. Even if it was a voluntary license? Oh, yeah. Because apparently like there's some, 
all these arbitrary rules that they've written that are so hard to, you know, figure out at some point that license becomes mandatory, but not initially just having the animal. That's confusing. Yeah. And so like there's all these little things around it that you don't you don't know. You're supposed to know. Like, like, I don't know how you're necessarily going to know if your town has a dog license or not. Or when they come and threaten you, that's when you'll find out. That's how you would know. But I mean, otherwise, you wouldn't necessarily know. You're supposed to read all the laws, Mark. Don't you understand? They were written for you. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. Right. Whatever. I mean, there's more laws out there than one person can read in four lifetimes. So the the Switzerland story really lays it out on the line. This is what happens. If you don't do what they say, in this case, pay $50 a year, they're going to execute your animal. That's it. Was there more to the story? Was that, that, that was that's that's the, the long and the short of it. It's not about mass executions. It's about putting pressure on people to pay their tax you know, this is what's happening. These towns. Maybe are they'll getting... execute them in front of you too, just to really send a message. Yeah, um, <laughs> blow your dog's brains out right there on your front porch. I'm sure they'll use uh, pentobarbital um, rather than uh, just just shooting them. But <laughs> <laughs> don't be so sure now. I'm not 100 percent sure. I, I'm sure the law doesn't state how the animal has to be put down. It's a 1904 law. I don't even couldn't tell you when pentobarbital was created. <laughs> so I mentioned there was a little bit of good news tonight, and we'll get that out there uh, for what it's worth. Uh, sometimes politicians. You know, they get the, they do the right thing, uh, you know, one out of every 500 times. And in this case, uh, they apparently are doing the right thing. They're actually going to allegedly they're going to ease travel restrictions to Cuba, according to the Miami Herald, uh, the uh, Washington. So I can just go to Cuba whenever I want. Well, I don't know about that, but they're making it easier for more U.S. travel to Cuba, making it easier for schools, churches and cultural groups to visit the island. A uh, senior official told the Miami Herald the much-expected move to expand cultural, religious, and educational travel to Cuba is part of their continuing effort to support the Cuban people's desire to freely determine their own future. And their, uh, President Obama is also restoring the amount of money, $2,000, that can be sent to non-family members to the level they were at during part of the Clinton and Bush administrations. There will be a quarterly limit on the amount that any American can send, $500 per quarter, to support private economic activity. Activity. The administration will also restore the broader people-to-people category of travel, which allows purposeful visits to increase contacts between U.S. and Cuban citizens. It is by no means a true free travel environment. However, any res- lessened restrictions on traveling to another place in the world is a good thing. The more that Cubans can interact with people from America, the better, because then more freedom-like ideas might get into their culture and make them more interested in starting businesses and and being independent. And it's this is definitely good news. I mean, it's I would like to see them eliminate the travel restrictions yep. altogether, but it's a step in the right direction. And that's really all you can hope for with the government. And I don't hope for much when it comes to the government. So this yeah, game is a lost hope. A long came, time came ago. as a little bit of a surprise. <laughs> All right, we're out of time. Back uh, tomorrow night for the Sunday edition. You can join us online only for that at freetalklive.com. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you otherwise on Monday at freetalklive.com. See you. very wealthy U.S. citizen is predicting that, in 2011, will witness the most important day in America in more than 50 years. He says it will change everything about our lives. The way you shop, travel, invest, educate your children, and even how you take care of your health and your family.
Now, this man has made some outrageous predictions over the years, but he's usually right. He predicted the collapse of GM, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and America's biggest mall owner. And recently, he created a video, which you can watch online for free, detailing his biggest and most important prediction yet. I can't stress this enough. You should at least watch this free video online today. He explains everything you need to know, including simple steps you can take to protect yourself. You can find the video at endofamerica.com. 19.com. Although this video may be offensive to some audiences, it's worth checking out. Again, it's endofamerica19.com. That's the numeral 19. That's endofamerica, the numeral 19.com.